0: Thank you, the greatest gift you'll ever receive. You won't find it under a tree. You'll find it hanging on a tree. The Lord Jesus Christ shedding His precious blood to pay for your sins and for mine. We have been studying together these last several weeks the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth and He is certainly coming again. We established that in Matthew. We established that in Mark. As we come to Luke, a passage that that will be familiar to you, but may not be familiar to you in a second coming setting. Let's say of the, of the four places we look this morning in our Bible, starting in Luke chapter 1, three of these will be very familiar to you, and I, and I, I thought to myself, um, here, here we go again, saying things that, that people have heard so many times, and then I thought, praise God that we know these things. Praise God we live in a land where these things are heard and proclaimed and understood. Praise God many of us were taught these things before we even went off to to school in the the first grade. Thank God there is not a problem with knowing something in the Bible. That's a, that's a good thing to know what the Bible teaches. But maybe, maybe you didn't didn't see or didn't uh, catch everything there was to see in these passages. And so let's pray together and ask God to help us. Father, uh, please use your word in our hearts and our lives today. We pray, uh, Lord, that uh, the churches across our town and, and, and around the world today, there are people sitting in church today that haven't been in a year, maybe some that never been. And Lord, I pray that you would help the men that stand in the pulpits today to lay aside all the, all the frivolity and, and, and the falsehood and all the junk that, that permeates this time of the year. And, and Lord, empower them and enable them, compel them to preach the gospel. And We pray that souls would be saved around the world today. Help us here in this place this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. and Amen. Right, the Bible says in Luke one twenty six, a passage that you know very well, You maybe you didn't read it in the Bible, maybe you heard um, one of the Charlie Brown characters read it from the Bible. Luke one twenty six. and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And... The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women, not above, but among. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, just you, all by yourself. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. That's not a cuss word. That's the name of the baby born to the virgin after the angelic announcement. He should be great, and should be called the son of the highest. And here's here's the part that you may have missed. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. The promise is not just about a virgin birth. The virgin birth was not just so sinners could have a savior. But the promise was that one throne in one place on this earth would be occupied by this child that was being born. And once he established that throne and that kingdom, it would never end. That's, that's what the scripture says. And, and the Bible says here, verse 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now, the modern Bibles change this, and the critics of the Bible uh, freak out over this. But what was formed in Mary's womb was a thing, it was a body. And the Word was made flesh, the Creator of the heavens and the earth came to live in that body. Now, the angel's not calling the, what, what, Jesus a thing, the angel is calling his earthly house. A thing. Mary's not the mother of God. God came to dwell in a thing formed in Mary's womb, a body. And what a great great, uh, miracle that is. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Now, let's uh, turn the Bibles to chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 1. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. The Bible critics find great fault with that. Until archaeologists 80 years ago, found tax records in the Roman government from people who had to travel from the ends of the earth to the city of their birth to pay their taxes or be in prison. The Bible's always right. If, if science or history says it's wrong, just wait. They'll, they'll catch up. They'll catch up. Bible's always right. This taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. That's been proven by archaeological discoveries as well. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. Now, if Joseph had been an anti-government tax protester, the scripture would never have been fulfilled. So he did his duty reluctantly and and did what he was commanded to do reluctantly and it resulted in God's word coming to pass as it was written. And (laughs) Joseph... Sorry to ruin your holiday. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Mary's still a virgin. Joseph's a virgin. He's her husband. She's his wife. Marriage is a commitment. It's not something you do in a hotel or a house or car. It's a commitment two people make to each other, uh, pledge their lives one to another. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. The modern Bibles take that out as well. Mary's not a virgin today. She was a virgin when Christ was born, but Jesus was the first of her several sons and the first of her many children. And so Mary has her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Now watch carefully. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, great joy, which should be to all people. Now, he's, he's the king of the Jews. He's going to sit on David's throne in Jerusalem. But there's some good news that reaches beyond the promised Israelite kingdom. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swatting clothes, lying in a manger. Now, let's, let's stop here and just agree... That if the Bible is true, and I believe it is, if the Bible is true, it says that baby that was born was born for two purposes as promised by God. To be a savior to all people and to be a king sitting on a throne in Jerusalem. Two, two purposes to be accomplished in one Person. Keep reading. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Your greeting card companies like to leave out the first qualifying phrase. They like to say, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But without glory to God in the highest, it's not going to happen. Go back to verse 13, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now would he be a king? That's what the angel told Mary. Would he sit on the throne of David? That's what the angel told Mary. Would his kingdom be endless? That's what the angel told Mary. But the angels told the shepherds, the baby in the manger will be the Savior to all men. And when they left that manger, from that day on, they began to tell and to proclaim what the angel had told them. There is a Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. We have not been called to announce Christ's kingdom. We have been called to tell the world, Jesus saves. We have not been called upon to wage warfare, physical, spiritual, emotional, to establish Christ's kingdom. We have been told to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So these angels, they set the tone from the day that Jesus is born, let's tell the world what we were told about this baby. He is the Savior. Praise God. But this Savior is also said to be the king who will sit on the throne. So while we don't go out and knock on doors and say, the king is coming, the king is coming, the king is coming for me, the king is coming. And while we don't go out and stand on the street corners and say, Jesus will rule and reign, though he will... We go out and tell the world Jesus saves. But if the Bible prophesied in dozens of places the birth of God manifest in the flesh in a city of Bethlehem to a virgin and all of that was fulfilled exactly as God promised, then if the Bible prophesies hundreds of times in the Old Testament, that this same Jesus will come again and fulfill the kingdom promises made to the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, His first coming gives us strong reason to believe all that is written about His second coming. Now turn with me back in the Old Testament. We'll we'll make our way back to Luke here in just a little bit. Come to 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7. You might recall a shepherd boy named David. You might recall him taking that sling and taking out Goliath the giant. And you might recall him playing on his harp and singing songs. And, and that shepherd boy did some wonderful things. But eventually he wound, wound up sitting on a throne in Jerusalem, ruling over God's people. Like all men, death is going to come and visit him. But before it does, the Bible says in Second Samuel chapter 7 and verse number 4, It came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent in a, in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me an house of cedar? So David wants to build this temple, this, this house, this permanent place in which for God to dwell. And God said, I'd ask you to do that. I'd ask you to do that. Now, he's going uh, to show in the sequel. He's not against it. He's okay with it. He'll finance it. He'll bless it. He'll come and, and dwell there for a time. But it's not something God asked David to do. It's just something David wanted to do for God. So let me say to one and all, stop sitting around waiting for the noonday sun to knock your eyes out on the Damascus Road. Just go do something for God. Amen. Amen. Lord said, so well, I didn't tell you to do that. He so okay, Lord, I love you enough to do it anyway. Amen. <laughs> Just, just, just do something for God whether you're commanded to or not. Anyway, let's get back to the text here. Verse 8, Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, little tent-like thing that a shepherd sleeps under, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people America. No, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Over my people America. Uh, my people over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest. And, and the, the Protestants change that to my people the church, and the Catholics change it to my people the church. And we're not going to change the Bible. We're just going to leave it like it's written. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Now, none of that's been fulfilled. You can write all the fake commentaries you want and and make money off Christian people, send out all these prophecy letters about this is a fulfillment of this, and this is a fulfillment of that. Uh, This has not come to pass. But it will. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. That's how you know. This hasn't been fulfilled. When, when God fulfills this promise that he's making to David, the Jew won't have any problem anywhere he goes on in the earth. He's got problems now. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies. Also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee a house. Now watch. And when thy days be fulfilled, And thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Everybody see that? Now what did the angel sent from God announce at the birth of Jesus Christ? This is the son of David, with whom, in whom, by whom, I will fulfill the promise I made to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. It's not Solomon, it's not Rehoboam, it's not any of the kings that have ever set foot in the promised land and lived and died. It's the baby that was born in the manger at Bethlehem. Everybody see that? Well, you, you, just, you just read in the Old Testament and in the New. But now we got a problem. Because these kings are a disaster. David's family's a disaster. The nation's a disaster. The, 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 the people of the promise and the people to whom the promises were made are a disaster. Watch how bad it gets. Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah chapter 22. Jeremiah chapter 22. And verse 28. This should be in every preacher's Christmas message right here. Jeremiah twenty-two twenty-eight. 28. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I'll show you. Jeremiah twenty-two twenty-eight. 28. Is this man Coniah a despised broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore they cast out he and his seed, and are cast into a land which they know not. That's the people God promised to put in their land, never scatter them again, never be let them be afflicted again. And here's the king that comes directly from David's loins, being the reason God scatters them to the ends of the earth. O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Write ye this man childless, a man that should not prosper in his days. For no man of his seed shall prosper sitting upon the throne of David, and ruling anymore in Judah. Now you got a big problem unless you believe the Bible. God promised David, one of your sons in your line will sit on your throne in Jerusalem when I establish my kingdom over Israel and the world. And it gets so bad, he says to Caniah, that's it. That's it. No one of your seed, David's line, is ever going to sit on this throne. You're that, I, you, you are that, you're that bad, you're that disobedient, you're that rebellious, I'm done with you. So now God has to keep both promises, and if you just look at that thing, there isn't any way for God to do it, Unless he's going to take someone who can trace their line directly back to David, Mary and Joseph, and bring a child out of that union without using Joseph. They're going to have to have legal rights to the throne, but DNA testing would never Prove Joseph the father of Jesus because he's not. <clears throat> they'd run that thing through the Genome Project and they'd say, We don't have anybody alive on the earth that matches this DNA that we got from the blood that those soldiers gambled for at the foot of that cross. He did he, he doesn't belong to. You know what that angel said? A virgin is going to conceive and a virgin is going to bear a son, and that virgin will be in David's line and sit on David's throne, but he won't come from Coniah or any of his children. The only way for God to fulfill both promises is for Jesus Christ to be virgin born. And he was, and he is, and he will. Praise God. You know, the best thing for you to do, just get in line with the Bible. Stop trying to find fault with it or criticize it. Stop stop swimming in the bowels of the internet looking for some reason to disagree with God. God's got this thing all, he's got it all lined up. Just read it all. Not a verse here, not a verse there. Read the whole thing, put it together. God God always do what he said he'd do. Our absolute trust is in the Lord. Now come to Isaiah chapter number 9. Isaiah chapter number 9. Thank God Jesus came to be a savior of sinners. Amen. That had no effect upon the kings of this world. And it won't. But Jesus' second coming will overturn and overthrow every opposing government entity and power that has ever uh, imagined a vain thing against the Lord. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. Watch this. No, uh, I didn't finish Jeremiah. We'll go back to Jeremiah in a second. Look Look at this in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government should be upon his shoulder. And his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. "...of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever." Now look, what was a child born, was a son given, was he the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace? Praise God. Was he the savior of sinners? Absolutely. He has not yet taken a single government, not a city office, not a school board, not a county council, not a governor's mansion. Not a He has not taken a single government and put it on his shoulder and said, this is mine, I'm going to run it. Then he must be coming again, and when he comes again, he is going to take not this government and that government and this government and that he's going to take the government. The whole thing will be on his shoulder, and once he takes it, puts it on his shoulder, it will never, never end. Let me let me help you, please. Can I help? You? Here's a little here's a little uh, gift for you for for uh, uh, Kwanzaa or. Uh, uh, Hanukkah or Christmas, whatever you celebrate, here's a little, little gift for you. For eight years, some of my brethren nearly lost their minds over President Obama. And for three years now, some of my brethren, too, <laughs> one, have nearly lost their minds over Donald Trump. And I've got scores of books in my library where people have lost their collective hope, joy, peace over the Roman Catholic Church or the Soviet Union or the Southern Baptist Convention or whoever it is that's bugging somebody at the time. You understand that Jesus Christ said, I am not going to lift a finger to fix governments until the day I come back and completely take them over. Between my first coming and my second coming, I want you to do what the shepherds did. Go tell the world what I told them. A Savior! A Savior! A Savior! Christ the Lord. Our message to the world is not, we're going to fix this, we're going to fix that, we're going to straighten out this, we're going to straighten out that. You know what Jesus Christ, I'm not trying to discourage you, I'm trying to encourage you. You know what Jesus Christ is gonna do about Planned Parenthood? Nothing till he gets back. You know what Jesus Christ is gonna do about, about the, the 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 rainbow flag marchers? Nothing till he gets back. The governments of this world belong to the devil and to whomsoever he gives them. And Jesus didn't say go into all the world and try to fix this mess for me, make it easier for me so when I come back I won't have so much work to do. He said go tell that man marching in that parade Jesus saves. Go tell that person belongs to that political party Jesus saves. Go tell that person that false religion Jesus saves. That's the message for today. If you're not saved, Jesus saves. He'll save you, Republican, Democrat, Independent, undecided. Who's a, who are these undecideds? <laughs> I hadn't met anybody. He'll save you, black, white, brown, red, yellow, male, female, undecided. <laughs> who are these undecided? Thank God I hadn't met any of them. <laughs> Our message to you today and our message to the ends of the earth is Jesus saves. Don't try to worry me about what government's doing. I'm not going to worry about it. Don't try to, to get me involved in trying to fix China or, or Saudi Arabia or, or whatever else you found out about that I had not found out about yet. I'm not worried about it. Because I know how it turns out. One man on one throne in one city over one people ruling the whole thing. So why do you believe that? Because everything he said about his first coming, he did it. Just exactly as he said he would. Why would I doubt that everything he said about his second coming, he'll do it just exactly as he said he would. See that government? Look oh, Look at that government. Look at that government. Look what they did over there. Look at this. Do you, you see that budget they just passed? Nobody's seen it. <laughs> you know what the Lord's going to do? He's just going to tear it all up, the whole thing, and take the government and put it right on his shoulder. And he's going to sit down on that throne in Jerusalem. Amen. Yeah. That's what he said. And he's never given it up. Amen. Try to impeach him, he'll throw you in a leg of fire rise up against him say I don't like it let's have a recall election you're not getting that government off his shoulder somebody you think has the world on his shoulder might shrug but Jesus isn't going to shrug I've read that well if you just read this I've read all that stuff I've read this book I'm going to compare everything I've ever read to what's written in this book And when the dust settles, Jesus rules over all of his creation. Praise the Lord. Now come back to Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah 22. And let's go back and read this passage again because we... Reggie of the gloom and the the difficulty. O earth, 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 verse 29. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper sitting upon the throne of David, ruling any more in Judah. Verse 5. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, And a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, which means God's preserved them to the day that he saves them. And Israel shall dwell safely, which means God's preserved them until he saves them. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our Righteousness. Now listen, that baby born in a manger, they called his name Jesus because he saves sinners. When that Jesus sits on the throne, they call his name the Lord our righteousness because he's going to fix the mess that men have made in the earth. How about that? Verse 7 Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they they shall no more say, "The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt," but, the Lord liveth, with brought, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all countries whither I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. You know, in the rapture, in, when the rapture takes place, do you believe that? whether you know who's saved and who's not, whether you know who's born again and who's not, you believe that everybody that's saved be up to meet the Lord in the air. You believe that? You know why you believe that? Because the Lord knows who makes up his church. Don't, don't, don't back back away now. Right now, if you, okay, okay. The rapture's in three days and you're in charge. You don't know who's saved and who's not. You don't know who's sitting here today saved and who's not. But the Lord does, and he's going to catch, catch his church up to be with him. Amen. That same Jesus, when he comes back, you know what he said? He said, everybody of Israel and Judah that's alive on the earth, I'll find them. I know where they are. I'll bring them back. I'll put them in their land, and I'll sit on that throne at Jerusalem and rule over them. Praise God. I, you, know, you know what he's not going to do? He's not going to consult me about the rapture and he's not going to consult the United Nations about setting up his kingdom. He's not going to consult you about the rapture and he's not going to consult the World Ch- Council of Churches about setting up his kingdom. He's going to do it. And if every principality and power and, 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 and entity on the face of the earth is opposed to it, it didn't stop me from getting saved, did it? How, is your government, are they real big on salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ? The religions of the world, are they real big on salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ? The Federal Reserve, are they real big on salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ? I don't, know, I don't even know any denominations that are big on salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And guess what? It didn't stop the Holy Ghost from saving my soul when I heard the gospel and believed it. So you can just line up everybody alive. You, you can march uh, 900,000 troops into the valley of Megiddo if you want to and try and stop this thing. And Jesus would just smoke them on the way by. Amen. amen. Yeah, amen. Drive to the Euphrates so you can bring the whole army of China and India. I mean, there's some troops. Just bring... bring the so three biggest armies you can find from the east and bring them all right there and just have them stand right there and say, you're not coming to Jerusalem. <laughs> and it takes his one man on a horse to wipe them all out. So praise God. That, that baby that was born in a manger he grew up and went to a cross and died just like he said he would. And he rose three days and three nights later just like he said he would. And if he said he's going to come back and stand on the Mount of Olives and ride through the eastern gate in Jerusalem and sit on David's throne and establish Israel as the head of the nations and rule over the Gentile nations and spread his church out all over the earth to rule and reign with him, then guess what? That's exactly what he's going to do. It's exactly what he's going to do and even Santa can't stop it. Had to get get him in there somewhere. (laughs) Back to Luke chapter number one. Back to Luke chapter one. If if we had had time this morning, took time this morning, read all of Jeremiah 22. You know what the Lord said in that chapter? He said, my nation is full of pastors who have taught the people that I'm not going to do what I'm telling you I'm going to do. He said, but I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm not even going to let pastors stop me. Praise the Lord. All right, Luke. Luke chapter 1. Let's, let's watch it carefully now. Let's get this. In, in Luke 1 and verse thirty two or 31, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. All that's that's happened, just like it was written, colon, period. So we, we finished that statement but we got another statement to make that goes with that one. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Praise the Lord. You can put away the wine. You can put away the tranquilizers. You can put away the sleeping pills. Settle down. We just found out how it's going to turn out. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is going to take over in spite of all opposition to his promises. And then, and then in chapter Isn't that that a blessing? See, that throne, that's that's not for everybody. That Savior, that's for everybody. That Savior's for everybody. It's not not good news to every sinner in the world that one day Jesus come back and sit on a throne. Most of the people that have have lived since, well, yeah most people who live from the time of Jesus' birth to this present day, uh, they're dead and gone. Didn't live to see the kingdom. You know what the real good news is? Every one of those people had a Savior who died for their sins. I don't know when the Lord's coming again. It could be tonight. It could be 100 years from now. It could be 500 years from now. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But if you're living in the hope that the world is going to get straightened out in your lifetime that could prove to be what it has proven to be to billions of people, a false hope. But if your hope is, Jesus died for my sins and shed his blood like those young people sang about this morning, and I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior and he gave me eternal life, you and everybody else on earth can realize the fullness of that promise and that hope as I do today. Praise praise the Lord. And so what did they do? Verse number 17. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. So what did they do? The shepherds went out from that manger scene and they didn't say, you know what? That was all pretty good. But these taxes these Romans are putting on us are killing us. They didn't go out from that manger scene and say, Can you believe that woman had to be born in a manger? There should have been some housing provided. They didn't get involved in any of the corrupt practices of the Roman government or the ungodly practices of the Jewish religion Because now they had something to tell the world that was so much better and so much more important that they went out and told that. Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners, has come into the world. Brother, people have been complaining about taxes as long as there have been taxes. People have been griping about government as long as there have been government. People have been abused and and mistreated and cast out and sleeping in barns as long as there's been people on the face of the earth. Why keep repeating the same old thing that everybody knows? When we could go tell them something that could change their lives and change their eternal destinies, the shepherds had something new to talk about. Good tidings of great joy. Are you saved? You know what you have to talk about? Good tidings of great joy. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. I I promise, if I I stop criticizing the last president, this president, the next president, there will be somebody to do it. The president is not going to go without criticism if I say, you know, I'm just going to leave that alone. But if I don't tell my neighbors and co-workers and my town about Jesus saving sinners, they may never hear it. They may never hear it. So let's let the people that don't have anything better to talk about just talk till their, till their fingers fall off. <laughs> and those of us that know, God was manifest in the flesh. And Jesus came to be the Savior of all men. Let's tell them. Let's tell them. In the jail, in the nursing home, door to door, on the street corner, from house to house, on the job, in the school, in the neighborhood. Jesus saves. Let's tell the world. And that same Jesus is coming again. Coming again. He'll fix it. Anything, next time you look at something and say, whoa, boy, look at that, that's a mess. Just, just remember, He'll fix it. He'll fix it. One way or the other, He'll fix it. He'll do what, he'll do what He did here yesterday at work day. If He can't repair it, He'll throw it out. <laughs> Jesus comes back, He'll either repair it. If He can't repair it, He'll throw it out. Amen. It'll all be right when Jesus comes. All right, let's pray. Father, encourage our hearts, lift us up above this world and all its sadness and sorrow. Um, And Lord, we've got something real, not not fake celebrations about things that that don't really exist, but a real Savior who came to give real life, life more abundantly to all those that will trust Him and believe in Him. Lift your people up, Lord, above the things of this world. Uh, Fill our, our hearts and our lips with the same testimony those shepherds had as they went out and told people that a Savior had come. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.